When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, there are more teams, I believe, overseas than in Australia at the moment. We've got this giant Steeden rotating in Times Square. The rugby league season, pre-season rather, is in full swing. And now fresh off hosting Saturdays on the gong. He was sidelined last night for the Dogs v Sharks. Back in action, I believe, for the Warriors Dolphins this afternoon. I speak to Matty Russell. He's on the line right now. Hello, Matty. G'day, Jules. Can we get to rugby league in a moment? Because I want to endorse your stance completely when it comes to the Chapel Hadley Trophy. We asked the panel on Saturdays in the gong this morning, should they have a different trophy for that series, a one-day series or T20 series? And exclusively, everyone said, yes, the Chapel Hadley Trophy should be preserved for a test series. Are you telling me three T20s can amount to the same as three hard-fought tests to decide (laughs) men of the status of, you know, Chapel and Hadley? But they never played the format. This is the thing, Matt. They never played the format. That's one element, but yeah. secondly, shouldn't it be shouldn't it be preserved for Test cricket and the glory that yeah. is, you know, hard fought Test cricket, long form victories. When it came to our favourite New Zealand cricketers, though, we were uh, we were varied in our responses. I, I went for Lance Cairn mm. because I just remember him walking out in those horrible brown pajamas with no shoulders on the bat and just he yes. ho away it goes, <laughs> you know, bludgeoning the Australians during the. You know, those halcyon days of World mm. Series cricket. Well, him and his son were, were both excellent hitters Chris, at the cricket yeah. ball. Yeah. And, well, uh, the other one that was a great white ball specialist for New Zealand uh, with his medium paces was Ewan Chatfield, Matty. Oh, fantastic. Great bowler. Uh, fantastic. And, and playing a role in that famous um, underarm delivery moment, um, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. McKechnie was on strike. And was it Chatfield? I always ask this question. The I'm sure was he was the non-striker. Was the non-strikers? Yes. yes. Yeah, yes. that's right. Anyway, someone will correct us if we're wrong, Jules, mm. I'm sure. And just one more on that, and I'm nitpicking here, but I feel like, you know, with the dark green and the black, that there could have been a bit more contrast in the uniforms. Maybe a throwback yeah, to the Australian my... gold slash canary yellow and the brown, which you mentioned. One of my bugbears in, in modern sport, when television plays such an integral role and television dollars play an important role and you're trying to appeal to fans, let's have great contrast between the two teams. Mm. Um, you know, it's too often we see jumpers, despite the fact that franchises seem to have a million of them, uh, too many of the opposing teams seem to be in very similar playing strips. Um, yeah. Not too hard to shake it up. No, no, no. This, we're getting this jersey clash debate. And just in rugby league, well, I mean... We're just getting old and cranky, Well, we? we probably are. You know, we need to start banging <laughs> the table, so to speak. Well, the thing, you know... Bad Dragons fan, of course, and I, I hate I hate it when they play in the red, the Dragons, because it seems to be cursed. They always lose in the red, but further to that, I mean, the white with the red V doesn't seem to clash with anything, with anything. I don't know why they play. And, and it's one of the most famous jerseys, Correct. you know, in Correct. Australian sport. Hey, what about last night? Uh, not the most memorable game of football, mistake-ridden match. Uh, what can you glean from the respective performances of the Dogs and the Sharks? Oh, I'm not sure the Dogs' halves picture is, is any clearer just yet, Matt. No, but I think they are going to start with, with Drew Hutchison. I, I asked a, a Bulldogs fan this morning, Tim Barrow, who studies it closely. Mm. He's convinced that it will be um, Hutchison starting the season for 
Cameron Seraldo. If you're looking for positives last night, then defensively, I thought the physicality from both teams was good. Let's look at the Sharkies. They were criticised last year for inconsistency, and deservedly so. And part of that inconsistency was their defence early on in the season, particularly mid-season. But back end of the season, they, they did find their defensive mojo. Remember, they went out in the semis uh, 13-12 against the Roosters. That was week one of the finals, I'm sorry. So there was nothing really wrong with their defensive display in that finals exit. Uh, and last night, I thought there was a bit of defensive grit, and that was underlined by Nico Hines, who missed last night because of a quad injury. But speaking with Braith and Cooper and, and, and Greg Alexander afterwards, he said, look, we're delighted with our goal line defence, but really our defence across the board. So there's something there for the Sharkies to take forward. Uh, I noticed a cruel a cruel SMS come into SEN this morning saying the dogs are in for a great season so long as they learn to defend better and <laughs> score better. Now, uh, <laughs> Is that all? Yes. Was, that's all. Defensively, it wasn't a horror show last yeah. night. They'll back themselves to improve the ball handling. It's worth mentioning that in, in game one of the season against Melbourne, so their first 40 minutes of footy this year, they completed at 85%. So maybe last night was just a you know, one-off, one of those nights in... Oh, it wasn't raining, but it was greasy after storms earlier. So, And, and, and Cronulla's defence had some physicality to it. So mm. I'm not prepared to, to crucify either teams last night. Defensively, there was something for both coaches to take out of it. And really, I think that's probably what they are looking for at this stage of the season. Some defensive attitude and application. And the coaches will back themselves to improve that ball handling and find a bit of mojo and attack when it comes to the dogs' case. Do you adopt this cynical approach with regards to the captaincy appointment of Stephen Crichton, you know, suggestions are that he, he came to the dogs to play fullback. It looks like he probably won't start the season in that position, although Blake Taff had a mixed bag last night. Um, you know, do they say to him, look, Steve, we'll play in the centres, but we give the captaincy armband. Do, do you subscribe to that? Because there's a bit of, a bit of that no. coming through. No, I don't. I, I, I tend to avoid conspiracy theories. Mm. I, I think they're generally wrong. And, and I, I don't like taking the negative approach. I don't think that, the rugby league world is like that. I don't think Cameron Seraldo, Phil Gould or Stephen Crichton uh, would go to that length trying to appease their new buyer. I think it's because he's arrived there and they've just thought that he's a terrific bloke. They knew they were getting a good footballer. I reckon they've found out they've got a, a, a maybe a better person than they imagined that they got. And and if anything, I would apply the theory that maybe they wanted to free up the, the past co-captains in Marnie and Burton. Mm. Uh, rather than doing it to appease Crichton, I'd be more tending to go that they did it to because he was a, a genuine good candidate and they thought well let's unbridle let's unburden the other two a little bit that's the way I tend to go. Dolphins Warriors this afternoon a big year for both clubs just having a look they're both named a, a full strength side uh, you know Wayne Bennett last year before he hands the reins over to Christian Wolf, and they got a bit of depth too you know they, they bought well Farnworth Legler Jake Avarillo who I know a lot of Dogs fans are really disappointed to see him go he's, he's been hasn't been named in the centres I think they gave Tessie new first off crack the there, but uh, yeah, off the bench. Gonna, it's going to be a really interesting watch this afternoon in Auckland. Yeah, both teams full strength. Their recruits on show. I think both of them have recruited uh, really well. I was mightily impressed by the Warriors last week, despite the fact they got beaten. But it was 18-16 against a full strength Tigers team that was really intent on putting a stake in the ground early. And remember, the I lost Warriors, a player. Their second yeah. string, their depth player or their depth players lost. Zion Ma'u in the 20th minute. So they played 60 minutes with 12 men. They're second stringers, if I can call them that, against the the first team for the Tigers and only went down by two. So 
it was a win in some respects out of that loss. And the Dolphins um, started ordinarily last week, but their second half was good, four tries to one. I'm looking forward to seeing Hamaso Tabuifido at the back. But does he play the whole season at fullback, or will he move into the centres where he plays for Queensland and Australia? And Herbie Farnworth, who would like more fullback time, does he spend some time in the number one? That, that'll be interesting. Herbie Farnworth, Dallium centre of the year, but uh, you might see him spend some time at fullback like he did in week one of the pre-season challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been bolstered by Tom Flegler. I love the recruiting of Jake Avarillo. Uh, under Wayne Bennett, what is possible for Jake this year? Was he one of the only dogs, I think, he and Reed Marnie to play every game last season? Mm-hmm. He was certainly there... For, for all of the year, and, and he's fast, he's a finisher, he's young, he's confident. I just think that I was really surprised, really surprised when the Dogs let a local junior go uh, and a bloke who has served them so well in recent years. So that surprises me. Tessie knew Herbie Fun with the starting centres today, but you'll see Jake Avarillo at some stage. And for me, I'm being selfish here, I was disappointed last week when Andrew Webster took Roger Tuivasa-Shek off. Uh, his comeback game from rugby where he'd uh, ticked that box. He'd become an all-black. He played his three tests as an all-black back to rugby league. And Corey Parker told me last week, before we went on air, he said, Matty, this bloke will not miss a beat. No. The return will be seamless. And sure enough, it was exactly that. He, he ran the ball physically. The fast feet were still there. He beat tackles. But more impressively for me, and more excitingly from a Warriors perspective, his defence, despite, you know, those years in rugby where sometimes you can your defence can drop off a little bit. Sorry, rah-rah fans. Uh, he crunched blokes. He didn't miss a tackle. I think he only made eight, but, but they were eight significant stops and there wasn't even a hint of a missed tackle. So I'm looking forward to seeing Roger Tuivasa-Shek shine again. Sean Johnson finished one point behind in the Dally M race last year. Uh, can he back up that season? If they can... The Warriors with Sean Johnson uh, in the halves, with Roger Tuivasa-Shek back in the centres. Uh, Luke Capewell, he's a proven winner. Chanel Harris-Tavita, I love his physicality and the depth he provides around the halves. They've got a really, really good, mm. deep squad. They had 20,000-plus fans at Go Media Stadium eight times last year. If they find that sort of success again, it'll be more than that this year. That They are... They're, they're, they're the real deal, the Warriors, if I can proclaim that after one trial. My goodness, I sound like a, a <laughs> lunatic, don't I? Yes, after we're in the business trial, of, but, but it's exciting. Of, of prognostication, are we not? Yeah, RTS, look, it's great to see him back. He belongs in, in league, and I think the, the running joke last week was he touched the ball more in one trial than he did during his entire time uh, <laughs> playing playing rugby. Hey, Matty, are you, are you up at 7 o'clock tomorrow for the Panthers v Wigan? Absolutely. Yeah, yep. the Penrith Panthers... Uh, Premiers three years in a row, but they couldn't beat St Helens on home turf last year. Uh, I think what they've said rings true. They'll be really disappointed if if they finish this premiership reign in the NRL without also collecting a, a world club championship along the way. Now, uh, gee, St Helens were up for that game last year. I expect mm. Wigan will be again, but uh, I think Penrith, their desire, their preparation... Uh, I think that they will go there and, and do what many people expect them to do tomorrow and win well. I'm calling the game today with, with James Graham, actually, who, you know, St. Helens great. The time at St. Helens bookended um, mm. his career. And, of course, his last game was a Super League grand final win against Wigan. So I'm looking forward to tapping into his thoughts on um, Wigan and what they will offer tomorrow in this World 
Club Championship Game, World Club Challenge. So, yeah, that's tomorrow morning. Kick-off 7 a.m. coverage on Fox League from 6.30. So, haven't we got some footy this weekend? No, oh, not wrong. And just away from footy, Matty, before we say farewell, uh, a word on the Illawarra Hawks. You know, they were going nowhere at the start of the season. They moved on from their coach, Justin Tatum, works wonders, and he's recommitted now to the club. Been a fantastic yeah, turnaround. It was announced uh, midweek at their presentation night where Gary Clark was understandably uh, named their MVP. He's been fantastic for them. But Matt Campbell, the general manager of basketball, my co-host on Saturdays in the Gong, got up, but no one knew. And he said, uh, ladies and gentlemen, for the last uh, three months, we've called Justin Tatum our interim head coach. Mm. What about if I threw interim out the door? The whole room stood and applauded as he announced a three-year deal. And what they'd really like now is for the NBL to organise one of these uh, games against NBA teams, I'd like to play the Boston Celtics and have Justin Tatum coaching against his son, Jason Tatum. Oh, make it happen. pre-season NBL, NBA games. Yes. So, who knows? It might just happen. Uh, they've got good connections ownership-wise. Jared yeah. Navelli from St. Louis over there. So, let's see if that happens. But I-, I was surprised he wasn't coach of the year. I know Dean Vickerman's led the way throughout the year uh, when you had that sort of sustained success on top of the ladder. I can understand that, but he does have a, a great team. I know the Hawks thought, well, with the team that Justin took over, in the position that they were in when he took over, and the fact that he had as many wins as any man in the league since taking over, how could he not have been coach of the year? But, hey, largely irrelevant. Justin doesn't really mind about that. He's got a deal in his back pocket for three years. The Hawks, they play Tasmania on Wednesday, and if they win that game, they're into a semi-final series against Perth. If they don't, they'll come back home to the sand pit, probably to play, well, I don't know, really, Sydney or New Zealand, yes. uh, just around the corner. Yep, so Jack Jumpers and Hawks, followed by the Kings and the Breakers, both of those games on Wednesday, 28th of February. Always good to get your thoughts. Thank you, Matty. Enjoy the footy this afternoon. Good on you, Jules. Big afternoon on Fox League again.